Hello and welcome, it's Annette Lakovich and you're listening to Catchflow Candy, episode number 13 and it is an interview of me, yes that's right, beautiful Lucy Boucher who has a fabulous podcast show called The Brave Exchange, like how awesome is that name? Lucy is a writer, podcaster, speaker and a success coach who helps women find their inner voice. Her show hosts the most amazing candid interviews, leaders, experts, creative thinkers, and hence why she's got me on the show. Today, you're going to walk away with learning about me, my journey as an entrepreneur, how I stepped into the sales world, and now where I'm actually going with the mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset. Now, listening back to the interview, I actually felt that the second half of the interview was my favorite as it was talking about you, the entrepreneur. Lucy did such a magnificent job of being able to ask these questions to pull out this magical information in my mind that is just going to help you just have this driving force to be able to step you into your brilliance. So if you want a hit of motivation, I'm telling you, stay till the end. You're going to love it. And that's why I asked uh, Lucy if we can use this and share this with my audience. So make sure you go and check out the Brave Exchange after the interview as she has some great movers and shakers on there and you're really going to love her podcast show as well. So without further ado, let me introduce to Lucy Boucher interviewing Annette Lakovich. Enjoy. Welcome to the Brave Exchange. I'm your host, Lucy Boucher. So here, every week on The Brave Exchange, we have honest chat with change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. So guys, today I'm really, really excited to welcome Annette to the program. So Annette, welcome to the Brave Exchange. We're so thrilled to have you. Thanks for taking the time out today. Oh, look, I'm absolutely pumped. And just knowing um, about your listeners, I just can't wait to hopefully one, shake up their model of the world and two, just give them the information they need just to expand their greatness. So it's a pleasure being here and thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. That sounds so good. I'm just sitting over here grinning going, yes, I can't wait to hear all the stuff you've got to share. So good. So for those of you guys who don't know much about Annette, uh, Annette is I suppose she's one of Australia's top sales and entrepreneurial mindset experts. So we're in really good hands today and I can't wait to dive into all of the stuff relating to sales and also to mindset. And we'll, we'll drill down into some of the really practical stuff to help us in our businesses or maybe getting started with you know our initial product launches. And then also we'll take a kind of umbrella view of the mindset stuff and how we might be subconsciously sabotaging our success. So yeah, Annette is a, a true expert in this area. So, but to get started, Annette, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey getting to where you are now being this expert in, in mindset and in sales. And I know that you had a an issue you mentioned before early on or a kind of fear yeah. around selling. So if you could mm. tell us a bit about that, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. I think that's um, pretty important to start with because you might have a lot of listeners on the phone uh, or listening through their iPod <laughs> Yep, <laughs> um, where they're thinking, 
I don't like sales. I'm a, it makes me uncomfortable. Majority of mm-hmm. people, it does. They're uncomfortable with selling. They're uncomfortable either in front of the customer or when they're trying to close the deal, so to speak. And a lot of people fear of looking pushy and breaking rapport that they've built with the customer. And the reason why I know that personally is because many years ago I was, um, this is when I was actually 18, so it's quite some time ago now, Mm -hmm. but I was in the position where I really, really loved um, the industry that I was getting into, which was the health and fitness industry. Mm -hmm. And part of it was that I was being employed full time and as much as I wanted to teach classes and do personal training, I had to do sales. So selling was actually a big chunk of it. And I actually thought that that's fine at that stage. I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I've I've sold before. I've I've sold over the years through, you know, retail, just, you know, part-time through school. And I thought it would be quite easy. Um, Instead, it was was quite horrifying for me because (laughs) the first day we were in the gym and it was before the gym actually even opened up and they gave us this big, like, textbook of scripts. And oh, they no. said, you've got to learn these scripts, learn the telephone script first and we'll meet you back at lunchtime. Now, I was 18. I was never like the sharpest tool in the shed at school. I, <laughs> I was really into my sports and I really didn't care for academic type of yeah. stuff. So I was thinking, oh, my gosh, the pressure of like learning scripts was just hard enough. And um, I ended up being quite good at it because I was a good communicator. I loved people and, you know, that's definitely one of the tools um, or qualities that you need for sales these days. Yeah. To cut a long story short, it wasn't the scripts that scared me the most. It was the type of selling that was involved in the scripts. Mm. So to give you an example, uh, when the club had opened up, there was techniques that we were, that we were taught which was to create high pressure with the customer. So an example was we were, we were taught to when we hear a bell, so there's this little bell that goes off like a doorbell mm-hmm. in the gym and that's to advise us to get down to the reception desk because there's a sale that's happening or you're going to be chosen to do a sale. So oh, it's one or the other. Wow. So first we're trained <laughs> with a bell, which is, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, like Pavlov's dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conditioned so with this anxiety for, for life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so don't ring doorbells near me. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the whole idea was, you know, if we were to run downstairs and to stand behind the desk, it was to eyeball the customer while the close was going on. No. So the salesperson would be on one side of the oh. desk and everyone else would be on the other. Unfortunately, because I was um, naturally a people person, mm. you know, when the sale, when you're getting chosen to do the sale, I was actually the person that was always getting cho- chosen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd smile like thinking, don't pick me, don't pick me. And they go, okay, Annette, you're going to go. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, first it was the eyeballing of the customer. Then the second one was, you know, if the customer said that they didn't have any money on them, they had to walk down to the ATM machine because back then there was no FPOS. Mm. You know, there was no EFTs. You, you couldn't transfer things from mobile phones. Like, you know, mobile phones back then, if anyone had them, they were big chunky things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the customer would walk down to the ATM and we were taught as a rebuttal was to say, um, I haven't been outside all day. Let me let me walk down with you, and I'll get some fresh air. And we'd walk the person down to the really to make sure they came back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So the worst one for me was when the person didn't have any money on them, and we um and we would practice every other objection. So there's sometimes where if you could see a lady had a handbag, and so many women would say, "I've got I've got my handbag here, but I don't have my wallet in there." 
And we were taught yeah. to say, look, that's fine, Lucy. I can see you've got your handbag. Have a bit of a look through because I'm sure you'll find one of your credit card receipts. Because back then, it was all manual credit cards. So you could actually see the printout of the number of the credit card and we oh used to copy God. the number down. So we'd have these women like going through their bags to try and find these old yellow receipts, right? But the worst <laughs> one, the worst one for me was when the customer didn't have, you know, anything on them and they'd say that, you know, they've got to go away and come back tomorrow with some cash. Now, the one thing that um, we were taught was we always had a special offer on and the special offer was, you know, it ran years right but we we were taught to say it was only available for these people today scarcity still works today Uh, (laughs) however you know it's about integrity having integrity customers the ones that act fast you know reward them for acting fast but you know don't always say you've got a sale when you don't and this is what they did so we'd say look Lucy I'd hate for you to miss out on the sale what can you leave today that we can swap for cash tomorrow I can see you've got your watch or your necklace or your (gasps) earrings and we'd ask the person to leave that piece of jewellery and we'd swap it for cash the next day stop it and yeah (laughs) it was horrific right and I remember the day it worked this lady looked at me and just the shock on her face and she's got, you know, people eyeballing her on the other side of the desk and she hands me her watch and I take the watch and I remember feeling (laughs) like the scum of the earth. That's Mm. really the only way I could describe it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, when I took her watch, I remember thinking my mum would be so humiliated to know what I'm doing, Yeah, right? Because <laughs> I was 18, so everything was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my what's my mum going to think? Yeah. And I remember walking past my boss and just think I was 18, so I had a bit of attitude as well. Yeah. And I showed him the watch and I said, are you happy? And from that day on, I said, I'm never going to sell again. To you know, fast track a few years from there, I ended up um, still wanting to be in the industry, got a job in management in a health club. That day stage I was 21 mm-hmm. and they wanted me to sell and I just said, I'm just not selling. I hate the way this industry sells. There has to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all sort of changed, where I started to learn the psychology of why people buy and how to make it so you get the customer to buy so you don't have to sell. And how do you make the experience comfortable for you and that customer? And that's um, really the journey that I've been on ever since. And a lot of it goes into the personal development side of it. How do you get people just to really connect at a different level and how to get you to perform at your your greatest potential. Oh, I've wow. i so much public speaking <laughs> with corporates. Um, I've, worked, I've not worked for I've spoken at large conferences like, you know, Mazda, Diva, Sanity Music. Uh, the, where my heart is at though is with the entrepreneur because I feel like I connect with them the most. They create a business they love mm-hmm. but they don't want to be a salesperson. But for their business to survive, they need to be a salesperson for a while because they haven't got the the funds. Most of them don't have the funds at the start mm-hmm. to hire a salesperson. And so that's where I find like I really connect with them because I loved the health and fitness industry. I didn't want to be a salesperson, but for me to be successful and, you know, create successful health clubs, we had to know how to sell. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And you can just see how it is such a complex and emotive subject sales like listening to that horror story of yours you poor thing I am surprised you came back from the dead I know. <laughs> after that that is a huge a huge oh my goodness mm. but you know you're able to teach so much better what you've actually had such an intimate experience and challenge with yourself so that explains why you're so good at it now because you know what exactly 
you don't want it to be like. So that's that's re- that's a really great perspective to have. So you're talking about the fact that people don't like sales and even listening to that when you were just describing that story, I felt oh, my body was just like closing up and I was like, oh my God, this is horrific. And I'm sure the listeners had that icky, you know, compromised feeling as well. So when that comes up for us, when it, we, we, we're in our business and we're going to make a sale or we've got to self-promote and we've got to stand behind our cause and rally with some kind of conviction and self-belief. I mean, what actually happens from a mindset perspective for people in that moment? Because a lot of people, like you were sort of saying, close off and they just yeah. hide and they just do not want to go in. Like what are people... What? why are we so stuck with this issue of selling? Mm. And then I suppose like how do we start to take baby steps to think, okay, it's okay to sell. How do I start selling authentically? Yeah. Yeah, talk to me about that a little. That's the key word as well, the authentic, um, being authentic. Um, The first thing I'll say is for everybody to understand that it doesn't matter what your – business does if it's a product if it's a service of some sort Mm -hmm. it is a solution for a problem a challenge a frustration a fear a concern that your customer's having Mm -hmm. so as soon as you have that mindset to understand that what is it that my product or service actually fixes we're actually in the industry of helping people yeah so your product in some way shape or form helps a person and it normally helps them from a pain, like a challenge. Um, we do have customers that are after pleasure seeking where they want it because they they want it helps them feel good. So they're yeah. not actually having a problem. But either way, um, the first mindset um, that you need to have is understand what is the solution or what is the feeling that you're giving that customer. Mm-hmm. And if you look at really in 2009 they made a discovery right the discovery was that people love to buy (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) yeah and I was and I actually was like oh well pretty I didn't know that in the 90s hey (laughs) exactly to buy and the what the the discovery was um was that your brain um creates or secretes this hormone called dopamine Mm -hmm. and we have this when we exercise as well So dopamine is secreted when it's in the pleasure or reward state of mind. Yeah. So what happens is when we actually purchase our brains or when we go to buy something, as soon as we like something, our brain starts secreting this. It's a neurotransmitter, okay? So it flies across in your brain and it hits this receptor. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we get this feeling of, oh, my God, like I feel great. It's a natural endorphin. Yeah. And we have these feelings when we purchase and the interesting thing is the higher the purchase, like the more we spend, mm-hmm. so anyone that has a premium product, right, you are, you are having this person when they purchase, they actually have a higher amount of dopamine that's secreted. Wow. So um, if anyone thinks, oh, I've got an expensive product, you know, we're not, you know, the cheapest one in the marketplace, you know, mm-hmm. that's great. You're actually, you're making your customers feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, this hormone is created 
you know, when we exercise and that's probably the one thing that people can really relate to if they just go for a walk, even if you're not like a big gym junkie. You know, I know now, like I'm not a gym junkie anymore. I'll go for a walk with my son, which I did just before our interview actually. Yeah. And, you know, two minutes into it, I always start to feel really good and that's that endorphin, that 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 um, dopamine just, you know, starting to be secreted and feeling this motivation because dopamine helps you move. Yeah. So, um. The, the two things to remember so far is that what is the solution mm-hmm. that your product um, or service does for your customers? And to find that out, to really um, connect with your customers and be authentic, the way to do that is um, if it's face-to-face or voice-to-voice, it's about asking great questions. You need to be able to ask great questions. The best communicators in the world, you will find that 70% of their dialogue is questions mm. um, because the the person who's talking um, is the one that's giving you the information. The person that's listening is the one that's learning. And so when you're with your customer, there needs to be that verbal communication where we can find out how can I help them, not how can I sell them, how can I help you best, how can I serve you best. Mm-hmm. Um, and understand that the second point was that it's it's actually a pleasure for a customer they want to buy they want to love your product but they just don't want to be pushed into it yeah um and that's normally what the fear um where the fear has created because everybody has gone through some type of pushy sales process where they've been on the other end yes of some pushy, desperate salesperson that doesn't care about you. They only care about the commission. And then suddenly you think to yourself, I'm never going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the customer, in front of that customer, you do everything different. And I don't know how many women you actually have um, that listen to your show. But unfortunately... Most most are women. Okay. (laughs) So us girls, we um, unfortunately, we do go the other way more than men. And we do it because naturally women, we're great communicators. We connect through communication and through depths of rapport and sharing. Mm -hmm. So when we're in the sales process, and I really just hate to call it a sales process, but we'll just call it that for now. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Um, I like to call it the buying, the buying zone. But when Uh we're actually in this sales process with the customer, if you're so concerned about breaking rapport and looking salesy, you normally go the other way and you build so much rapport. And at the end of that um, conversation or presentation, you walk away making a fantastic friend, but we don't make any sales, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And and so it's really important that they do have some type of a process to follow. You do actually have some questions that are good to ask your customer um, that create that buying zone so that customer feels like they're being heard Um, and it's not just, you know, massive amounts of rapport because, your customer walks away because they've liked you as well and how they haven't purchased because you haven't been able to uncover that compelling reason that customer yeah. wants to purchase. And a lot of the times we might turn that customer off the product instead of on. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just important. So I'd probably say the third tip would be to reduce your nerves um, and be in that zone will be have some questions there, questions like, what is your ultimate goal or purpose or reason why you'd be interested in this product? Mm-hmm. How will this product help you professionally or personally? Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been thinking you've been needing it? Um, what's, been, what's been stopping you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's all these different like questions that you can ask and it's really important that you ask them in that process because most people go the other way around. They yeah. sit in front of the customer, they either build heaps of rapport 
or they go straight into presentation mode. They start telling about their product. And there's a danger with that, if I can just say. Yeah. Um, the danger with that is if I just start to um, tell you, let's just say if I'm um, selling podcast shows, right? Yeah. And they're already being developed and I've got, you know, I'll create your image and I'll show you how to load it up and um, I'll show you how to do the topics, right? And I just start talking to you about it. Great, Lucy. So this is how you do a podcast show. This is how you do this. And I don't even know why you want to do it. I don't know what you want to get out of it. I don't know how you want to serve, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm giving you a very generic presentation. And when you give a very generic presentation to the customer without asking any questions, the customer goes into a different part of the brain. And it's called the logical side of the brain, which probably we've all heard of. Yes. Now, if you think about this, I said before that, People buy through the emotional side of things. That dopamine helps you feel good, right? Yeah. So if we're thinking logically, we're not actually secreting this hormone. Mm -hmm. So when we start to go into telling, telling, telling about our product, it's normally heavily logical based. We might tell our customers how to use it. We might tell the customers the frequency of it. We might tell them the, let's just say if it's a product with for food or makeup or skincare, we might be talking about the ingredients. We might be talking about warranties, guarantees, um, <laughs> how yeah. it actually works, the services. This is all logical conversations uh -huh. and that's what turns a customer off the buying zone instead of into the buying zone. Yes, yes, mm. absolutely. It's just, it's fascinating from the mindset perspective, not just of our uh, mindset, but also the people that we're serving and adding value to their lives through our sales and through our services. It's really fascinating to know what's going on from both both sides to be mm. an effective um, seller, I suppose. And still yeah. I'm saying that seller word. And I've, I obviously have a little block around that too, because I'm going yeah. seller. I don't, you know, what do I mean by, because we're all selling, we're, we're all selling in business, but yeah, I, I tend to think of it as like exchanging value. So yeah, yeah or it empowering is or inspiring yeah, or that's it. connecting or, and that's like, you know, even though I, I really like, if someone says to me, what do you do? Like, I'll do everything to not say the word sales trainer or yeah. sales expert. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, in copy, I'll write it. So it just, it, everyone comprehends it, but yeah. there's a negative association to it. Yes. Um, because it's really not about that. Um, if, if your listeners could take one thing away, um, because at the moment every example I'm giving you is sort of voice to voice mm -hmm. and we, we've got such a driven online, you know, it's just, you know, everything's online these days. Yes. Um, and I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, because they're scared of selling, they put sort of their eggs all into one basket. They really drive the social media well. They create all these funnels. Um, and if you don't know what a funnel is, it's your email list and, mm -hmm. you know, you'll take a person on a journey to engage with them. Yes. Um, you'll try to sell your products online. You might have a lead page or a squeeze page and you're doing everything online. And I notice what's happening is it's because there's still the fear of, okay, I want to, I want to, people to purchase my product um, and I want to be able to help people out there but I just don't want to have that conversation so we put all our eggs into the basket online and what the challenge with that is is 85% of your financial success mm -hmm. is due to your personality um, which part of that is your ability to communicate negotiate and lead 
Mm-hmm. And it has a very low, uh, shockingly low, it's about 15% mm-hmm. is due to actually your technical knowledge. So my passion um, years ago was how do I help people just communicate in their own personal brilliance? Mm. Um, you know, at school, I, I said before, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. It was just I wasn't interested. Yeah. And because I wasn't interested, I started to have this belief that I was dumb. And I carried that actually until I was about 21 and that was when I learned about the psychology of why people buy and Mm -hmm. that's when I started to like realise that my skill set is I love people and I've got a great high EQ. I'm a great emotional communicator Mm -hmm. Um, and my IQ will increase (laughs) as I start to stimulate it with things that I want to learn about in the world. Mm so where was I going with this? Um, oh, and so what I realised was um, a few years ago, everyone, because social media started to get so strong in the marketplace, mm-hmm. I noticed that people started to be scared to pick up the phone to even have a conversation just yes. with their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And we start to just go, oh, I can't be bothered answering that call or, you know what, I'll just text them because it's a bit of a, it, it, it might be some confrontation in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I find that our skill set in communicating is getting more and more diluted. So mm-hmm. I created a, a, a film clip, a video, a video film clip song. Awesome. <laughs> um, so good. It was about that. It was, um, you know, talking about, it was just the message I want to get out there is, you know, we we got to keep our communication strong because you will look at the people who you follow and a lot of us listening, there's idols that you have in your um, type of industry and leaders and mentors and every single one of them, I bet you, I bet you 100% every single one of them has great communication skills. Mm. They're very good communicators. Mm-hmm. So with you being able to improve your communication to yourself internally, you know, self, self-esteem, self-confidence. Yes. Um, to how you can connect through your copy that you write to um, your, like your sales copy to, you know, face-to-face with your customers mm-hmm. will help your financial signi- uh, success significantly. Yeah. No doubt about that. Communication is so key to building rapport and um, connecting and resonating with people. I find mm. I found it so fascinating what you said about I've I've never really thought about doing the online stuff. It's really funny. I, I've always had a, a bit of a blind spot around this, but you've just kind of pointed out to me plain as day, like doing the back end stuff on your business, even if your business is predominantly an online business, because a lot Mm. of the stuff that you do is online too, creating videos, but doing that stuff is almost like a bit of a, it's like a deliberate diversion so that you do not have to step into your fear and actually go out and meet people. You know what I mean? Which is going to, and I suppose that's a block that I can see that I've definitely, um, kind of succumb to in my own life uh, and I'm making a conscious effort to go out and meet people because like you were saying that's where most of the business rewards come from not just from a customer engagement perspective but from building networks mm-hmm. and the ability to connect with people who can support you and like meet, meeting people who might be able to mentor you and feed inspiration points into you so that you can innovate on your products. And there's just so many benefits of getting out and meeting people, but there's mm. such a fear around that. So, 
and there's another kind of just side point from that. It's always the things I've been thinking about recently that make us feel most uncomfortable that are the most important things for us to do. And this yes. is definitely the case in that. Yeah. yeah. And um, oh, I was just going to add something then. Um, oh, I've lost it. But I just want to <laughs> say um, that I love your authentic um, authenticity as well. I was listening to just a couple of your interviews um, before we had a chat. And the oh, one thing you. I noticed is how authentic you are. And that's what I want everyone to understand when you're selling to somebody um, or enrolling or empowering, which I prefer to say. Mm. It's you being authentic to your feelings and helping elicit their feelings. Yeah. Um, and oh, I'm just really trying to think of what I was going to say to you before because I've just lost it. Just give me a second. Yeah, no, that's all right. Don't um, you hate that? And the brain just... Boop. It'll, it'll, it'll come back. I'll bet you when you're in the middle of know, talking about the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I've lost it. It'll, no, it'll that's okay. That's okay. So, <laughs> I didn't need to hear. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. Well, what I was going to ask from that is, okay, so we've got we've got this fear. People who are listening might be like, okay, gosh, yes, that's me. I need to get out there and start meeting people and asking these important questions that Annette is talking about, but I'm super scared to do it. Like, and maybe I'm even an introvert, you know, maybe I don't get my energy from other people and it's, it's even harder for me. So what advice would you have for those people who are just like, I just can't do it, find it difficult to pick up the phone and say, Hey, do you want to, do you want to meet me? Do you want to have this? Do you want to go and have a coffee and chat? Like what, what do people need to be reminding themselves when they're feeling that fear and resistance to getting yeah. out there. Um, I'm going to link it to what I was just trying to think of because I remember now. Yes. You're right. Okay, oh, back good. to it. <laughs> um, we're doing all this stuff online and it's to build that level of rapport and engage our customers. Okay? Yes. The higher the cost of the program or the product or the service that you're selling, a lot of customers still to make a decision mm-hmm. on that want to talk to you. Yeah. So you'll find that a lot of them still might need to have that conversation, especially if you're a coach or, you know, selling some type of big ticket um, product. Yeah. They need to ask more questions. And so the online sales machine that you're using, the transactions aren't coming through because when your customers just want to have that conversation first. Right. Um, Now, let's just say um, to answer that question as well, which is, if you're an introvert, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're uncomfortable. The the studies actually show the most successful people in sales um, have a very strong self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, and it it actually beats rapport. Funny enough, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't have to be a great rapport builder. Mm. <laughs> it's just they actually have a strong self-esteem because mm-hmm. the main thing is when you are you know, doing voice-to-voice communication, you have that opportunity to what some people see as rejection um, if they get a no. Right. Um, So how do you actually overcome that fear is I want everyone to remember that whatever cycle you are in your business, if you're at that seed stage where you're still employed and you're sitting at your desk, you're working for the man and you just know that you want to create this business um, or – you have taken that jump um, where you've cr- you created that business, you've got the online stuff going, maybe what I call you swinging on two trapezes, mm-hmm. meaning that you've got your part, you've got your business, but you haven't been able to make that full jump yet because you need the financial support of if you're a part-time or full-time um, job. Yeah. So everybody first needs to understand that that business idea that has come to you um, I believe is a gift of brilliance. 
Mm. All right. And for many of us, the longer that we sit on that idea before we act on it, we allow this thing called the doubter to kick in. Right. So I think I know about her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the longer um, you, you sit on it, the louder, um, you know, that doubter can, can become. Yeah. Um, and let's just say if it's a person with the sales fear, they know they need to get out to networking groups or they know that they need to have some conversations face-to-face but they just keep fearing it, fearing mm-hmm. it and fearing it. That actually helps decrease the self-esteem. Yeah. That helps increase the fear, right? Yes. So, And that doubter gets stronger. So what has to happen is we need to learn how do we actually turn the volume down on that. The doubt is there. It's like the logic of the brain. Yeah. And the logic, you know, might be saying, you know, what if I do this and I fail? Or what if I throw money at this business and um, it doesn't actually make money? Or what if I leave my job full time and I commit and I don't make money? Mm -hmm. Or it might be saying, you can't do this. Who are you to do this? You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not popular enough. Um, no one knows you yet, you know. You're not the leader in the marketplace. How can yeah. I do this? So it says all these different things. Mm-hmm. The magic happens when you push through it and you commit. Mm-hmm. And it's as you get closer and closer to whatever it is that takes you out of your comfort zone and that's exactly what happens, you're trying something new for the first time, you're going to have a conversation with a customer the first time or go to a networking event. It's taking you out of what you know. And the only way we grow in life, in anything, professionally or personally, it's all interconnected, mm-hmm. the growth is when we put ourselves outside of that, when we experience something new for the first time. So it's actually pushing through it. You hear the doubter, you thank it anyway for giving, keeping you safe, but I'm going to keep going on this because I had this business goal, this dream in my brilliance and stay committed to it and pushed mm-hmm. through it. That's where the magic happens and that's where you notice your biggest growth happens. And once you actually sit in front of um, a customer or two or um, you've actually, you know, committed to your business 100%, you'll notice that things start to fall into place. Yeah. I and you get that. to do it over and over again as well. Like you go, okay, I've done it once now. Like that film clip that I did. Yeah. I've done a film clip before. My gosh. <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like you had. <laughs> that, that doubt had kicked in, didn't kick in until – they said, okay, we're rolling, right? So yeah. I this, the first scene's in the lift and and I'm and my mouth goes so dry and then suddenly <laughs> I'm nervous and I'm like, oh, my God. I, said, I haven't I haven't practiced any of my moves and I'm yeah. looking in the mirror of the lift going, yo, 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 it's never dear here. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's just do it because I'm thinking that voice started to kick in and I was going to run, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Luckily the, the lift, yeah. there's like four walls of the lift and probably the camera guy standing there and you couldn't actually get out it probably helped too and then I had other people actually committing themselves as well so it took us all out of the comfort zone yes. but as soon as we started rolling yeah the fun happened and you could be authentic and be you yeah a lot of people in front of the customer they think they have to be somebody else they don't just get good at asking questions and just start getting good at wanting to know how can I serve you best with this product how is this product going to help you yeah I love that I think it's it's really important because everything you're talking about is really taking the focus off of you and any security you might have and as soon as you deflect that and and wholeheartedly give all of your focus and genuine care to the person in front of you 
it just it takes the the pressure off yourself and you're not self-aware so well said that's exactly what happens there's three different positions you can be in Mm -hmm. there's first position or first person and first person is you're just totally worried about yourself you're hearing your fears you've got you can hear the doubter you can actually hear yourself talk and you're stumbling over your words you can feel how hot and nervous you are Uh (laughs) yeah I know the one and that's just not connecting and you're saying what you're saying is exactly right it's as soon as you connect and you're more concerned about the other person those fears go away because that true customer connection is happening. And that's what we call second person. And second person is when you're putting yourself in the customer's shoes that you're actually feeling and going on their journey and it's yes. not about you. And the customer feels it too. Yes, I love it. I absolutely mm. love it. It's a really, really important thing to remember in those moments of fear. That's really great. Thank you for sharing that. And I also love the comfort zone thing and what you were talking about. And thanks for sharing the story about um, the film clip because you watch the film clip now and you're like, Nettie would never have any fears. <laughs> you know, you look at, so confident and amazing and it's it's a hilarious and awesome clip. But it's just it's so important to know that behind that and behind the success that we see is someone who's like, oh, my God, like freaking yeah. out. So that scene, yeah. I was like when I was going, yo, 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 like we did that so many times because <laughs> like I couldn't even get in time with the music. Yep. And then as soon as that scene happened yep. and I was like, okay, now I can have fun. And the rest of it was fun. Like I do love the camera. I am naturally a performer and I'm actually an extrovert. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it it did creep up. And that's what happens to all of us. Yes. Um, Something you said before at the start of the interview was um, uh, it was we were talking about the growth and Mm -hmm. it's normally, you know, when you step, I'll I'll relate to what I've just talked about, which Mm. was when you step above that, that's where the magic happens. And you know, for me, I'd always presented to um, people, probably no more than about 400 people in a room. And I know that the the bigger the crowd, the better I perform. Like I love, I, I don't actually have a fear of speak public speaking, which is a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that doubt had kicked in. So I'm going to relate this to everybody listening is how many times do you have an opportunity that it's something that you haven't done before and you reject it because you're scared of failing because that's what happened with me. Mm. So two years ago the entourage um, contacted me. It was a Thursday night, like 8.30 at night or something. Yeah. And they said, we have the Sydney Unconvention. That will be about 1,500 people in the audience. Can you MC for us because the MC um, won't be able to make it. It's just a last minute. We need somebody. How many and days just, out from the Unconvention? It was one day. <laughs> perfect (laughs) let me paint the picture for you okay I was flying to Melbourne I was getting up at 5 a.m that next day so this is Thursday night Friday morning Mm -hmm. 5 a.m I had to get up I'm flying to Melbourne I'm doing a day's training it was an hour and a half car trip there and back once I fly to Melbourne right oh my god the Saturday was my birthday (laughs) so I was I was in two minds. I was like, this is an awesome opportunity, yeah, right? Um, because I have so many people that I can lead and inspire, you know, inspire mm. and be able to get my name to a different level now. Mm-hmm. But then the fear was also I hate emceeing. Mm. I've emceed once before and I hated it, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I never use that word hate. It's <laughs> such a strong word. 
But honestly, I, I, I really hated it because I felt like I had to know things on the spot. It really just stretched me out of my comfort zone. I said, I'm never emceeing again. Yeah. So I'm in this situation where I've got this amazing, amazing audience it's an audience size I've never presented to. You know, it's like nearly four times the size of what I'm used to presenting to. Yeah. I'm doing something that I said I hate and I'll never do again. <laughs> and it was on my birthday. Plus, I had hardly no time to prepare. Gosh. Said, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say no so bad. Yeah. But I knew what, once I conquered that, what it would then give me Mm. yeah and it's continually doing that so Mm. for your the listeners it's how often do you have opportunities that you can grab and it scares the heebie-jeebies out of you right Mm -hmm. and instead of contracting and rationalizing relieving your rational lies to keep you safe and in your comfort zone instead going you know what if I do this, what is the greatest outcome that can happen and going for it? Mm. And just do that. That's how I play in life. It's like I'll do things, I'll scare the crap out of me, but I'll just go, you know what? This is the greatest outcome. Let's just make it happen. I love that. It is so powerful just setting the intention and the positive visualization because a lot of us are stuck in the negative visualization, which is kind of creating what we don't want ahead of it actually happening and it is yes. a, it's a discipline to switch that around as soon as you notice it's happening and it comes from awareness which you've been talking about and having the mindfulness and um noticing the the data that you talk about in the mind catching yeah. it out as soon as it plants its first seeds and being like no discipline i'm not even going there i'm literally yeah. not even going there yeah oh i and love how it. it does that serve my greater goal yeah. Because that's my, like for me, it's, you know, I really, my, my absolute passion is being on the stage and empowering thousands. You know, for me, it's, we did, I think, two and a half thousand for the unconvention this year. Um, and for me, it's like, it still feels like I'm talking to 20 people. Mm. <laughs> so I know that my goal is to continually be able to serve on big stages. So I knew that was being thrown at me yeah. in life. And I was like, you have to take it. And so, if for, for the listeners, it's you've been given this brilliance of a goal, yeah, of a business idea. Play full out, mm. play full out. What are the areas that you know that you aren't playing full out that can really make that business just boom? And if it's you don't have the cash, what conversations do you need to have mm-hmm. to help get the sales in? Or what conversations do you need to have to get a mentor or someone to help you? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's there's things that you're not doing now where you're rationalising, you're believing you're rationalised to keep you comfortable instead of just going, right, I know this is scary but let me take my hands off that trapeze mm-hmm. and jump onto the other one mm. and start getting that momentum. Brilliant. So good to remember. So important. Oh, so much juicy stuff. I love it. So... <laughs> So we've got the mindset stuff kind of nailed, I'm feeling at this stage. I'm just going to ask you one more question because we are getting closer to the hour. But (laughs) we'll go really quick. This last bit, I know your your son is probably going to wake up soon wanting mummy. So Lucy has to hurry up. (laughs) Um, So yeah, mindset stuff, awesome. And we can do the work in in our own time and, and keep noticing the points of resistance and and moving through our blocks. That's great. And what about, 
Okay, in terms of gaining traction for our business, a lot of it is about not even knowing how we could do something differently. So I'm wondering whether or not you could suggest a couple of ways to gain traction with your business and ultimately traction make me, means more revenue and more success and more growth that perhaps we haven't been thinking about. So we've been stuck behind our computer. I mean, there's some things that you suggest to people that apart from you could, we could also go out and, and meet people. Is there anything else that we're not doing that perhaps we could think about yeah. doing in our business? Well, let's relate it to online. I'll give everyone an activity to do um, if you have a website yeah. or if you're doing any type of newsletter copy. Um, it's very important how to write copy, great copy, because yeah. that's what sells. That's what creates that initial response for that person wanting to read on. Um, and we know now that people, are, they love to buy and it hits into the emotional cortex of the brain and we secrete this dopamine. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get everyone to look at their websites and have a look at how much do we link the verbal communication to the feeling that your customer will have. So mm. one technique that I teach is called FBF, F for feature, mm -hmm. B for benefit mm -hmm. and F for feeling. So if we can look at our websites and go, okay, how many times do I talk about the feature? So the feature, giving description, is the, your equipment, the service, how mm -hmm. it works, um, anything logical. What is the benefit? You always have to have like what is the benefit to that customer? And a benefit is anything talking about the result, mm -hmm. the outcome, the solution. And then always linking a feeling to what you're talking about. So if we can say, um, I like to call it a mind read. So if you can say, okay, I know my customers pretty well. So if they use this feature and it gives them this benefit, how will it have them feel? All right. Mm. So imagine if, um, and I did this, I did this example on stage the other day, and I don't know why I did it, but I'm, I'll do it again because because <laughs> I, I actually have never um, trained a veterinary clinic before. Yeah. But um, just an example was um, I was just on stage in front of uh, 1,200 people. I was like, okay, I don't know why I pulled this one up, but let's just run with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, imagine if the veterinary clinic had a um, a worming reminder schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the feature. So people go onto the website and they'll go, oh, look, they've got a worming reminder app, okay? Yeah. And the the feature helps you know when your um, animal needs worming. The benefit to that means, and we need to have this written in your copy, mm -hmm. um, which means that you can never forget about your, um, your dog or your horse or your animal's worming. Um, benefit means they're always wormed on time. Benefit is that they'll, um, you know, reduce sickness. Benefit is that they won't get worms, right? Yep. The feeling. So the rest of the content will mean, which means that you will feel satisfied, um, secure, confident that mm -hmm. your pets are looked after. You'll feel, um, uh, uh, what's the word, um, organized, mm -hmm. right? You'll feel confident. So what is the, the feeling that your customers will get? Because as much as you think, well, they know this. When they read that I do um, graphic designs and the benefit is that they're going to have a great-looking website that's going to have them look as a leader in the marketplace, it will help convert traffic, mm -hmm. the customer will know that. 
the, and then how they'll feel. The customer will feel, you know, um, successful because they've got a great looking website. It will stop them from feeling because that's important as well. How will it stop them feeling? Mm. It will stop them from feeling embarrassed. They'll they want to direct people that. to their to their site because they're proud of it too, feeling proud of yourself and your offering. Yeah, yeah. So it's like get those words in your in your copy. Yeah. Talk about the benefits and always link the benefit to a feeling. Mm -hmm. So look through your website and go feature, benefit, feeling, feature, benefit, feeling. Every time you talk about a feature, link it to a benefit and link it to a feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's how we verbally communicate as well um, if you're showing somebody a product. But that's going to be one thing because everyone has websites that gets into business eventually. Um, So wherever you are on that, um, that journey, go to your website, have a look. If you're creating a website, start creating it with FBF all over it. Brilliant. I love that. That is so handy. I like these little acronyms that you can have just to keep in mind. It keeps you focused and Mm -hmm. uh, it helps you create a lot quicker and obviously with a lot more success too. So that's really handy to know. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah, I work with um, acronyms now and just models and not scripts because scripts freak people out you know mm-hmm. I might give them like they a freaked one you out hour. way back when <laughs> yeah it freaked me out way back then and I know that people hate learning like long lengthy scripts because they don't get to connect so yeah. as long as you have a model to follow yep. then you can be authentic and be able to deliver um, that that customer experience as well brilliant Oh, Annette, this has been so awesome. Thank you so, so much for taking My the time. Pleasure. It's been it's been really, really good. I've just got to ask you one more thing. I, I often yeah. like to close out the interviews with asking some variation of this question. And I'll ask you, what would you tell someone, just like short, snappy advice, what would you tell someone who's just getting started on this journey? Two things. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I do. Love it. <laughs> Good. Um, and make sure you do your due diligence. Make yeah. sure you check to see is it needed in the marketplace? Is there a need for it? Mm-hmm. And will you be making money? I had a girl that just um, rang me the other day. She's Her product is, you know, a very low um, amount. She needs a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we know it's not – it's not strong enough for her to be able to leave her business, but yeah. unfortunately she had. So do your due diligence, like check out the financials, how you're going to make it work before you do that jump. And then when you do, if it's all checks out, feel the fear, do it anyway. <laughs> Love it. In that order. <laughs> so yeah. good. Annette, so awesome. So if people want to find out more and get even more of your amazing advice and can people work with you as well one-on-one? Do you do consulting still or is it more workshop only now? And yeah, presenting, no, I do. Um, I have eight private clients. Yes. Um, at a time, I've currently got five at the moment, so I've got three more spots. Yeah. And we worked with each other um, for three months minimum, so we find out what the goal is. Um, we have people from startup to people actually in growth stage of business. They can mm-hmm. work with me one on one. Otherwise. I do hold uh, public workshops. There's not going to be one for a while. Mm-hmm. What they can do, though, to get pieces of information is if they go to AnnetteLakovich.com, mm-hmm. um, I have a show called Cashflow Candy and everything is about sales and business tips um, to help them continually succeed. So it's a lot of practical tips. Whenever I'm on, it's all sales and practical stuff. Otherwise, I do interviews just like what you're doing yeah. today. Amazing. Great. And I'll link all that stuff to the show notes after. So you guys can jump onto somethingtomove.com, my blog, and everything about Annette and her website and where you can find out more and find her speaking around the country will be all 
in there for you. So Annette, yep. thank you again so much. It's been an absolute treat having you on. And for My you guys, pleasure. yeah, awesome. For you guys listening at home. Say congratulations <laughs> to you. Sorry. Just say congratulations to you because you serve such, um, you give such a great service and I love your authenticity. You oh. are such a real, real cheeky babe. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> That's so nice. Thank you so much. Awesome. So for you guys listening, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back here next week. We'll wrap the show with that. You're listening to Cashflow Candy. This is Annette Lackovich. And if you want to join me for more interviews and great sales and business advice, make sure you subscribe to my Cashflow Candy show. That way you get regular updates. Let's keep boosting your sales and building the business of your dreams.